0: So, last week uh, we were looking at um, the, the thought of laying aside or removing the weights that are in our life. And, you know, I, I haven't had a back problem all week long, which I'm really pleased considering we, I was carrying, I think it was 58 kilos on my back. No, I'm only joking, no, I'm only joking. It was heavy though. But we, we talked about laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnare us and how how often we carry the weight rather than laying it aside. Um, if you weren't here, you didn't hear the message, um, please take a moment to listen to it. I, I believe it's a, it was a very visual message, but it also is a very important message. Um, our Sam is going back up to Ketterick right now, um, and he's listening to it on his way. Bless him. So he wants to keep up to date with what's going on. Um, it's great that we can do as well. So the first step for any of us in our journey of life is when things hit us, we don't hold on to them. It is so key to the journey of our life that when things, when things people, situations, areas of our life that we could get offended at or have carry unforgiveness, we don't just carry it around. Here we go, I'll take this as a bag. Don't just carry it around. That's much easier in our little bag and we put the next thing in that's upset us about that person and I'll put that in my bag Oh, you know, that's much easier. I'll keep it open. I can put things in much easier in my life. Because we're all very like that in our journey. We carry things. And last week was very much about unpacking those things and what that looks like. And Paul, when he was talking to the church at Philippi, he used this wonderful analogy. And we know Paul over and over again because this is about running our best race for Jesus. And if we're going to do so, we're going to have to lay aside the weight. In our life to be able to run, and Paul over and over again in different areas of the Bible is referring to the the whole thought about running our best race or pursuing God with with, with an athletic mindset. And Paul here is saying that that really he's pressing into God. He's still focusing on God because he's realised. He hasn't made it. He hasn't reached some sort of super spiritual perfection in his life. He hasn't got to a point where he's, he's, he's made it in life. What he's looking at is in his soul, he still does the things that he doesn't want to do, and he's still struggling with the you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I do do. And, and, he, and he's struggling in that area just like we all do, don't we? The things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And, and that's the, the issue that we all deal with from our soul. Paul knew from his spirit that he was now embodied with the, fulfill, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, he was filled with who God was. In his spirit, he was righteous. He had been justified. He was redeemed from an old life of destruction. So from his spirit, just like every one of us in this room, we have been made perfect. Otherwise, the work of the cross wasn't a perfect redemption, but it was. It was a perfect... So from our spirit, we've been made perfect, but our soul gets in the way. And and, and this scripture talks about how he just wants to keep pressing into God so that he doesn't keep falling flat on his face. And that's what I'm trying to encourage us in our journey, that we keep pressing into God so that we don't keep falling flat on our face along the way. So, you know, there was a determination in Paul. So we're going to read this scripture. We read it at the last scripture last week. If I wanted to preach everything I want to preach on this subject, we would have had probably three days in a row. So I've, I've broken it up into three weeks in a row at, at, at the moment. So we're into Philippians 3, verse 12. And it says this, Paul saying, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. I'm gonna keep going to keep going so that my life looks better in him, that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And this is an interesting add-on. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mindset. And if anything, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. I, I just love the way, you know, if you don't believe me, without, in time you will as you trust God. But right now, everyone who's mature in the room, you should see that this is a spiritual truth. I love the way Paul just words things through, the, through his, his thoughts. So we, like Paul, haven't made it. We're going to heaven, our spirit is perfect, absolutely. But the soul, the part in which we operate in so many times, falls flat. We say the wrong things. If you're married to a a husband or a wife in the room, you say things that you wish you hadn't said from time to time, not all the time. If you've got children, you say things to your children, whether they're older or younger, that you wish that you hadn't said or that you'd said in a particularly different way. If you have friends, there are things that you say to your friends at times. You think, Oh, I wish I hadn't said it that way. There's behaviors on the you know, when you're driving down the road, if you're a driver and you, you get frustrated with other drivers, you may think things that you wish that you hadn't thought about the driver in front who was behind who cut you up. There's there's if you go shopping and someone gets in your way or like you the other day you're at the checkout, we're in a bit of a hurry, and, and then you decide to go to this one because that one's going quicker. Then that one seems to be going quicker. And, you're going, and you think, why are we doing this? We all live normal lives, don't we? Come on, let's all, let's all agree. It's not just me in my world that, that struggles at times. We all live in a very fallen world where we want to live with a, with a greater level of Christ-likeness. But our flesh gets in the way. Paul here is using these words in the context of winning a prize. We're back to winning that prize. These are some of the words he uses. I press on. We don't, he didn't say, I give up. <laughs> oh, I give up. He says, no, I press on. Or that I may lay hold of. I'm reaching forward for... I pressed toward the goal. It was, it was always a, a forward-moving trajectory in his life. It, it wasn't okay. Oh, I've had enough. I give up. I've had enough of that. I couldn't care less anymore. Do what you like. I'm not going to be there. Paul just kept pressing in and pushing forward and reaching for the price. And, and Paul's words here just remind me of how difficult the Christian journey can be. Doing the right thing can often be one of the hardest decisions as a Christian we can make. It's so easy to conform to the world around us, or turn a blind eye, or pretend it's not happening. But actually, we've been called to do the right thing at the right time and at the wrong time. We're always called to do the right thing, and Paul here is saying it's not—it's not an easy journey. This isn't an easy walk. This this isn't—this isn't—you know—it's not all is well in the garden. There are going to be weeds in the garden that grow, and you need to deal with the weeds in your life. They will grow. They will grow up, and they can mature, but you need to pull them up in the journey. We need to do the right thing, not just ignore it and pretend it's going to go away because it will grow up and become a big thing that you need to deal with. Living free from the clutter. The clutter that can hinder us, the weights that can beset us is an important part of the journey. Why? Because it's about protecting the heart but also dealing with the soul of who we are and our spiritual walk moving forward. True transformation comes all begins within the soul the spirit like i say when we get saved our spirit has been made perfect we have the spirit of christ we've taken on his likeness we've been born again the spirit has been born again that's not our issue so this morning this morning i wanted to talk about the soul How can we cause our soul to line up with our spirit? How can we work in this area of dealing with our mind? Because that's what our soul is, our mind, our will, our emotions, our thought patterns, our reasonings in our life. How can we bring those in line with the word of God? How can we bring those in line with the spirit of who we are? So I want to talk about the brain, first and foremost, because that's where the soul is meant to be, sort of a component area. But they, do you know what? They cannot find a compartment in your brain called your consciousness. So where is your consciousness? If they can't find a compartment, you know, it's not your prefrontal cortex, it's not your limbic, it's not... Where is your consciousness? Okay, no brain surgeons in the room? Okay, thankfully, I can go on for the rest of my message. I was waiting for someone to share something, and no one has. So, But no one, can put a, no one can put their finger on where the consciousness is. It's your soul, your spirit, your soul, and your body. The brains are made up. I'm going to have to read some of this information. Right? <laughs> I was thinking, can I do this? No. Our brains are awesome. In fact, our brain is an incredible piece of the human makeup. The brain controls the whole nervous system of our body. Every firing area in our, in our brains through the nervous system, the brain is operating every single one of them. The brain consists of 86, I didn't count 86 billion nerve cells. Called neurons, which is the grey matter, you you know the gr- the grey bit of your brain, that bit of your brain that people—it's your intelligence, it's what your memory is, it's where—it's it's, it's, grey bit in your head. Eighty-six billion nerve cells, neurons. The human brain can generate twenty-three watts of electric power, enough to fuel a small light bulb. Just thought I'd pass that out to you if you if you have a power cut somewhere you know no please don't <laughs> children in the room Whew. this next thought is mind-blowing okay what is the brain's memory capacity if you know please don't tell me I'm about to tell you right as a number a petabyte anyone heard of a petabyte oh <laughs> do I have to tell you everything okay yeah <laughs> Google helped me a little bit on this. I didn't learn this at school and keep it up here. Okay, as a number, a petabyte is the equivalent to 20 million tall filing cabinets of information. Can you imagine 20 million filing cabinets? So a petabyte is equivalent to 20 million filing cabinets of information. So a petabyte is equivalent to 1,024 terabytes. Heard of terabytes? So, it's equivalent to 1,024 of those, or a million gigabytes. The average computer has 320 gigabytes. Therefore, the average adult human brain has the ability to store the equivalent of 2.5 million gigabytes of digital memory. For some of you in the room, you're falling off your chair. For others in the room, you're thinking, what are you going on about? (laughs) I think it's just incredible. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I think it's incredible. 2.5 million gigabyte of digital memory, which is equivalent to everything that you see on the internet, you can have the digital memory in your brain. Now, I think that's incredible, because I go on Google, and I, I ask it anything, and it tells me everything, from, from what do I do at the allotment to how many stars are in the universe, and they're still guessing on that one. But, and, and, but it seems to have all this information. But it, according to Google, uh, our brains have the capacity to have all that knowledge. Or memory, sorry, memory. That's amazing. Anyway, I thought it was... Um, <laughs> I've got a few more thoughts that, that hopefully will stimulate your thinking. So these 86 billion neurons create neuro pathways and networks within our brain. So when we get hung up with a hurt or a worry or we're struggling to forgive or move on from a past experience or some other area where we've struggled, it's so hard to change our mindset. All right? because they are, they are pathways in our brain that connect. Neurons that fire together will wire together. All of a sudden, there was a thought, a line of thought, an area of thought, an upset. It was just one thing, but all of a sudden, something happens, and this one fires with that one, and then they connect, and then they're joined up, and then they join up and 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 join up, and, join up and, join up and then you've got a network of the same thought... I'm a failure. I worry about everything. I can't forgive them. In your brain, 86 billion neurons are firing, connecting, and making pathways. I can't do. I can't forgive. And all of a sudden, you have a mindset that you can't get out of. Because they are all firing and wiring and networking. Some of this stuff I taught um, on, the, on, the, on the purity course a few years ago. And that's, this is where I found out some of these things. Neurons that fire together will wire together. As we allow thoughts, or images, or attitudes, or people issues that may have upset us, neurological thought patterns begin to produce neural pathways in our brains. If these, if these pathways are enforced by other thoughts, they begin to create ruts. And I was going to send Lyndon a picture of ruts. You know, um, when we go to, um, to where I go fishing... A Land Rover goes down the same pathway and, and if I got my car stuck in it, I will be stuck because my wheels wouldn't fit to the bottom of the path because the Land Rover's gone through so many times. That is exactly what happens with our brains. Repeatedly going down the same path, repeatedly going down that same route of feelings, of shortcomings, of failings, of hurt creates ruts in our brains. And when you get caught in a rut, you imagine, right? You've got two wheels and you're going down this rut. How do you get out of the rut? You can try going that way, but it takes you back. You can try going that way, but it takes you back. How do you get out of that rut of thinking? You may be thinking, identifying areas in your life right now, I need to get out of this rut. I need to get out of this way of thinking because it's hurt me for long enough. I've, I've been stuck in this area for long enough. I've, I've not been able to give, get free from this addiction because I'm in a rut and I can't get out. I believe I have the answer for you this morning. Is that right? If these pathways are enforced by other thoughts, they begin to create ruts, which will become set thoughts or behavioral strongholds. That's what begins to happen. This gray matter is incredible. But only when in line with God, when left to itself, it creates all sorts of issues in our life. First thing we need to do is what I shared and taught last week. We need to shake it off. When thoughts, issues, attitudes, hurts, unforgivenesses, offenses, whatever negative comes into our life, what do we do? We shake. Come on, come on, come on, join in with me. We shake it off because that is always the first point of call. If you don't shake it off, you hold on to it. When you hold on to it, you become trapped by it. And then it becomes an issue where it gets bigger, bigger and bigger and will slow you down. Second thing we need to do is enforce a biblical pattern so that transformation can take place. That's the second thing. We can't just shake it off and say, oh, that's nice. Last week's message, I couldn't go into this week's message. I had to finish where we were last week. What did I do? I shook off the weight. We shake off the thing. We, you know, uh, just, just say, just say, just say, Lewis. Lewis, we're playing football on Monday night. and I hear him say to one of the other players, why do they let that old bloke play? And I'm thinking, that was so offensive. And then I hear Marius say to Lewis, yeah, I agree. It's useless. I'm thinking, hang on, everyone's ganging up on me. No one likes me. And all these things begin to happen. It was just a passing comment. Lewis doesn't know that that I was the pastor of the church. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I didn't hear you say it. Did you say it? No, that's all right, Lewis. Thank you. <laughs> He's looking there as if he didn't care. Less. You said it after. <laughs> oh, dear. So, moving right along quickly. So, what we've got to do, we've we got to shake off what we hear and then replace what we heard. You can't just shake it off and say, well, that didn't affect me, because all you'll do is create a hard heart. God doesn't give us a hard heart. He says he gives us a heart of flesh. And if we're walking around with a hard heart, again, that's a weight that we need to shake off because that's not what we're meant to carry. But we need, secondly, to enforce biblical patterns for transformation to take place. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, For as a man thinks within his heart, so is he. If we think negative thoughts... If we think about the negative attitudes, we begin to live out those things in our life. It is so important. There is this incredibly good biblical pattern that we need to follow. We will always live out our lives according to what we believe about ourselves, whether that's for good or for bad. We will always live out our lives according to what we believe about ourselves. So, what do you believe about yourselves? You know, for some in this room, to turn around and say, "Well," if I, if I say this, I believe I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. For some, of you think, "Yeah, I saw you go through a red light. I've seen you. I've seen you argue with the guy that parked in your place. You call yourself righteous? No, 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 no. I'm telling you what the Bible says about who I am. I may not always live up to who the Bible says I am." But I am replacing what my negative mind would say about me by what the Word of God says about me. I then have got to try and live up to what the Bible says of who I am. But that's where I make mistakes. That's why the Bible says, if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we've got to come, play, come back to that place, not only just shake it off, but to receive what the Word says. If we think we're ugly, we'll see ourselves ugly. It's true. If you see yourself weak, if you see yourself brainless, if you see yourself worthless, you will outlive that before others. If you think lowly about yourself, you'll live with insecurity and low self-esteem. This, this is where we need to replace with what the Word of God says about our life. I want you to catch hold of this. I broke this down this morning for myself because I don't want you to miss this thought. The key to laying hold of what God wants for us is to believe what he says about us. And the only place to discover what God thinks about us is his word. I'm going to say that again, if you're making the notes. The key to laying hold of what God wants for us is to believe what he says about us. And the only place to discover what God thinks about us is in his word. Not what the world says, not what your partner says, not what your kids say, not what you say about you. It's what he says about you. It's what he says you can do. It's what he says your future can look like. Never let go of what he says. Because that is so powerful. The third thing is this. We must replace the image or the attitude or the people issue or the habit by by laying hold of something different. This is where it gets really interesting. The world would call it neuroplasticity. And again, I taught this on the marriage uh, not on the marriage course, on the, on the purity course, probably six years ago. Neuroplasticity is a scientific field that was discovered in the lifetime of some of those in this room, most of us in this room. They believed probably 60 to 80 years ago that when you got to the age of around 20 to 25, your brain stopped growing, or developing, or having new information that could change it for the good or the bad. It was like it it was meant to be set by the age of 25. But this field of neuroplasticity reveals something quite different. That through our life, let me read it, that the brain has the ability to modify, change, and adapt both in structure and function throughout life and in response to experiences. Every positive experience can change the manek, man, makeup of who we are. Thank you. <laughs> it can change a pathway in which we've been stuck for years. Someone who is addicted to, to pornography or addicted to drugs or addicted to any area of their life, it takes. You imagine the ruts that are in our normal life, and they can dig down deep. But the ruts in someone who's addicted are so deep that it takes a huge, consistent, constant pulling of the will of our life to say, I'm going to get out of this rut. And once I get out, I'm not going to go back in. Because once you're back in, it's that huge amount of effort to get back out again. I don't know how deep the rut could be for you. But every one of us have neural pathways that we follow in life. Scientists may have only discovered this in the last 80 years. But do you know what? The author of the Bible, God, knew about this before he ever wrote it. And there's a guy in the Bible called... Paul, the apostle, who had a revelation of this 2,000 years ago, and yet medical science have only just realized that the Bible is true in this area and in all areas. 2,000 years ago, Paul was writing to the church in Rome, and he wrote these words. He says, Do not be conformed to this world or this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed and changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitudes, so that you may be able to prove for yourself what is the good, the acceptable and perfect will of God, even the things which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. There in the Bible, 2,000 years ago, by revelation of the Holy Spirit, Paul took a hold of a scientific thought that was only discovered 80 years ago. And yet there are people who doubt the Bible to be true. Incredible. So be transformed and changed. How? By renewing your mind through the word of God. Believe what God says about you. Believe what God says you can do. When he says forgive as I have forgiven you. And you say, I don't know if I can. He wouldn't say it if you couldn't. Live like he says. And we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Those pathways. Okay. You're stuck in an area. Maybe it's, maybe it's you have taken offense somewhere along the line. Go to the word of God and see what it says about dealing with offense in your life. This is you taking the determined effort. I'm going to get out of this rut. And you go to the Word and you say, What does the Word say? This is my rut remover. When I put the Word of God in my head, in my heart, and He allows me to believe what it says. Every one of us, every single person in this room, whatever the rut may be, whatever the stronghold, or that that mindset is. You, You may turn around and say, well, I'm just not a happy person. Guess what? You can be, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. I wrote this down. Please don't tell me I can't change. Be honest and say I won't change. Don't tell me you can't change, because every one of us can. let's be honest, I don't want to change. I want to hold on to it. I want to be, I want to be this way. I want. No, 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 come on. Be, get, let's get really real. If God could set you free from what you're feeling, would you go for it? I think everyone would turn around and say, yeah, absolutely, count me in. Don't tell me you were born this way because you've been born again by the Spirit of Christ who now lives in you. So to run our best lap and remain focused on Jesus, we need to do three things. Release and shake it off. Come on, do, do, do it with me. Release and sh- shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Because we've all got things we need to shake off. Anyone sat there that wasn't shaking? I, I don't know what I can do for you. But we've got to shake it off. Then three R's, All right three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's an IA, isn't it? I've never got it. Reading? (laughs) So what was it called, the three R's? Anyway, that's another, so come and tell me afterwards. It was, wasn't it? Was it called the three R's? Yeah. 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 No wonder I was no good at school. (laughs) Anyway, release, release, release it. I'm good now. All right, release that. Three hours. replace. See what God has to say. Release it, replace it, and renew. Be transformed by allowing the word of God to rewire your thinking. Because if you think of the things, thinking God thoughts will rewire your thought patterns. It will absolutely do it. Thinking God thoughts will rewire your thinking consistently and long enough there will be new pathways, new routes that are created through the neurons of your brain and they will be God thoughts, not the negative thoughts that you once held on to. Release, replace, renew and as we do we will press toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling Christ Jesus for us. So let's keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, so that one day you and I would know him and give him the ability not only to save us, but to renew our thoughts and our thinking in the journey of life. All right? Fantastic. I'm going to pray. Like I say, well, like I noticed earlier on, there's no one necessarily new in the room but I'm going to pray for us this morning. I'm going to pray because you know you, and my heart is Holy Spirit right now. Would you speak and minister into the hearts of your people and reveal what needs to be released, what needs to be renewed, and what needs to be replaced? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your Holy Spirit in this room today. Lord, I thank you that as I prepared this message, I believe that you led me thought by thought, process by process, for such a time as this. For each and every person in this room that has a mindset that is anti what your word would say. It is opposite to what you've called us. I pray, Father, that you, we would allow you to work on that area of our life. Lord, I believe for areas of transformation in this room. Father, I thank you. Search me. Search each one of us in this room. And we pray, Father, that you give us the strength to face our giants and see transformation. Lord, give us the strength to face the pain or the hurt so that we can get over it and get beyond it and replace that thought with the thought you have for us. I thank you, Father, that your thoughts towards us are that we are fearfully and we are wonderfully made and we know it so well. Father, I thank you for those that have got a low self-esteem, that today, Father, that they would see themselves in the mirror that you've given them, which is the word of God. Father, I thank you for the opportunity today to see you move in our hearts so that we can walk with the weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, shaken off, that we replace it and that we renew our mind. I thank you for the complexities of our brain. But, Lord, we want to bring our mind, our will, our motion, our thoughts, and our actions under the umbrella where you, Father, that our thoughts are, we have your thoughts in our thoughts, that we think your thoughts because we think your word. Father, today, we ask you, touch every heart, every life. And help each one of us deal with the issues that we face. In Jesus' name, amen.